Hello, welcome back to the latest You Are My Borough, the Northern Echoes Borough, helping with myself, Dom Shaw and Scott Wilson, who was at Rockcliffe yesterday to speak to Michael Carrick. and is at the Riverside tomorrow for the visit of Bristol City as Borough look to get rolling again in the league. Um, just before we get started, if you are watching on YouTube, then do us a favour, just tap subscribe if you haven't already. And do leave a comment because we do read them and we enjoy reading through them. Um and it shapes what we discuss. So if there's anything you want us to talk about, then, then do let us know. If you listen on podcasts, then then rate, review. That would go down a treat as well, if you don't mind. Um, Bristol City's got pl- plenty to talk about. But before we get into the game, you were at the press conference yesterday. Um, there's injuries to talk about, obviously, as there has been for the, for the last couple <laughs> yeah. of years. Anything. But, uh, but, but Matt Crooks is clearly the big, the big talking point this week. Yeah. He's, Closing in on a move to the MLS, um, there's every. I mean, he hasn't been included in Borough's squad list for the second half of the season. He's over there now, or he's certainly on his way over there. I was at the back end of the week to confirm the move. There's, there's no indication that that isn't going to happen. Um, what are your thoughts on it, first of all? Yeah. I mean, it's been bubbling around for a couple of days, hasn't it? But, but, but prior to that, it feels like it's kind of come as a bit of a bolt from the blue, really. Um, I mean, from Matt Crooks's point of view, if you're offered the chance to go to America on a long-term deal, which we understand it's going to be maybe three years or, or something of that ilk, um, you're going to get a pretty big hike in wages, which we understand is what you're talking about. And, you know, you're in your 30s now and you get the chance to kind of spend this next section of your career in America, in Salt Lake, playing in the MLS, I can absolutely see why that appeals to Matt Crooks. Um, Now, from Burr's point of view, if you've got a player coming to you saying, look, I want this, this is a deal that works for me, it works for my family, I feel at this stage of my career, I can't say no to it, then straight away you're on the back foot as Burr, aren't you? I think, you know, I... It's very easy, I think, for us and, and for fans to say, well, he's contracted, you just put your foot down, you make him stay, whatever. I think that puts Borough on the back foot from the word go. So I think it's then, OK, what are our long-term plans for Matt Crooks? He's in his 30s. Um, he's got 18 months left on his current deal. So really, if you weren't going to tie him down to a longer-term deal in the summer, then then you almost certainly want to sell then to get some value for him. Um, would you offer Matt Crooks a new deal anyway? I think that's probably a debatable point. He's he's been a valuable player at times, there's no doubt about that, but you probably wouldn't have him as one of your five or six absolute must-keeps within this Borough squad. So I think it then comes to, well, can you get the deal? You know, from what we've been told, Borough are getting a reasonable fee for him. Um, you know, now what does that come to? I've got to hold my hands up. I don't exactly know. Three, four million, somewhere like that, maybe. And I, and I think if you're talking that kind of money for a player who, as I say, is in his 30s and, and you're almost certainly going to have to sell anyway, you're probably going to struggle to get that from him from an English club. So I think it probably makes sense. But the caveat that... It's another forward player leaving, obviously, off the back of Morgan Rodgers and off the back of a January window where Borough haven't brought a a natural centre-forward in. So it undoubtedly weakens Michael Carrick's options in an area of the pitch where his options were already fairly light. So I definitely think that's a fair point. But I also think it's a deal that Borough probably had to make. 
Yeah, um, the, the interest isn't the interest isn't new. From from what I gather, the the the, the interest from Salt Lake as as um, they've certainly been interested for a couple of weeks now. Now whether Crooks has known about it for that long, obviously it is is I don't know. Um, but from his point of view, as you see, you can completely understand it because he's 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 going to be thirty one by the time his contract expires. Now, from Crooks's perspective, is what. Is, is if Borough were if Borough weren't going to offer him a new contract and, and they were going to look to sell in the summer, would that would the offer would this offer still be on the table in the summer when he's 31? Would he get the offer of what a three-year deal, say, in in the state? From from Crooks's point of view, it might well have felt like you know it's now or never really. The, the timing feels right. Um yeah. looking back on his time at the club, we've we've talked at length, haven't we, about um the 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 divided manner of Borough's recruitment while Neil Warnock and Chris Wilder were in charge. And, and when you look back at those windows when they were in charge, it's absolutely crystal clear who was a who was a Warnock signing, who yeah. was a recruitment signing. Matt Crooks was was right up Neil Warnock Street. And yet in terms of value for money, in terms of his contribution, if you look back at the last five, six, seven seasons, I think Crooks is right up there as, as Borough's best signings he didn't arrive for a massive fee he scored 11 goals in his first season and I'm looking at last season when after Michael Carrick came in he had a knack of not just scoring goals but scoring important goals yeah. didn't he? he scored the late winner at Norwich he scored the late goal against Luton he scored two in the win at Birmingham he scored a goal at Bristol City when Borough came from behind there to draw when they, when they were faltering a little bit and even this season he scored at Bolton when which, which obviously was a massive win at the time because Borough was struggling in the league and it kept the run going in the Carabao Cup, which which led to the semi-finals. He scored at Sunderland. Um, he scored at Port Vale there. He, he's and then clearly when you think of Matt Crooks, the the standout moment or one of the standout moments is it is his goal at Man United. Um, yeah, he'll he'll be fondly remembered for what he's done on the pitch. But I think as well, what he's done off the pitch, it's always struck me that Crooks has kind of got it. He, yeah. He's bought into what it's what it's all about. He's un, He had no prior association with the club, but he's talked about Middlesbrough being home for him and his family. It's always felt like much more than just the club he plays for, I think. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think that's undoubtedly endeared him to the supporters. You know, he has been a bit of a cult figure. I mean... We're, we're rewriting the um, or Wilder says song yeah. yet again, aren't we? But I mean, you know, the Hackney's hair, Hackney's hair is a nice fit. Yeah, I, saw, I, saw, I saw Greenwood's teeth being bandied <laughs> around as a, as a possibility at somewhere at some point. But uh, I mean, his inclusion in there says something, doesn't it? And um, he's, um, he, you know, he, he has been, he has been a, a, a favourite of the fans. He has been a bit of a cult figure. And, and but but as you rightly say, he's also been a really influential player on the pitch, and it, it always feels like you're damning a player with faint praise when you say he could play anywhere. He, he filled so many roles. He did it, you know, whatever was asked of him, he delivered the goods. It, it feels like you're almost, you know, yeah, damning with faint praise. But but it, I think that's right for Crooks. That was his biggest asset. The fact that you know, he's, he's played as a central midfielder, he's played as a wide midfielder, he's played as a 10, he's played as a 9, he's played as a creator, he's played as someone to play off up front. And, and, and every time he did it, A, he gave his all, and B, he was generally effective. So, so yeah, absolutely. I think if you're looking at Borough's signings in the last, 
well, the, the post Premier League era, then I think Matt Crooks would be certainly in the top 10 of, of the biggest successes and in the top 10 in terms of what he's given in terms of value for money. I do think what I would love to have seen is um, the meeting at Real Salt Lake that, that ended up with, I, I know what we need. We need that guy from Middlesbrough. Because because and the other and, and when Crooks goes over because Crooks is is a is a dry Yorkshireman, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah you, you suspect he might have been a bit a bit taken aback. Um, but but you know what? It's disappointing because he leaves halfway through the season and he does leave Borough a bit short. But I think that it's impossible, and I think most fans would agree to 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 wish him anything but the best and, and thank him for what he's done at Borough for all of the kind of reasons we, we've just outlined. And and, and finally, um, he, he strikes me as the type who's clearly hugely important in the dressing room or a, yeah. or a key figure in the dressing room. He strikes me as the type who'd be the admin of the squad's WhatsApp. Um, yeah. I'll, 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 that, that, I mean, that... That's that just added Finazaz to the group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe a farewell himself before he leaves with a with a with a tears face emoji. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that, but that's you know that having those figures in in the dressing room um, is important, isn't it? It's it's going to be it's going to be a big miss off the pitch. Yeah, I, I, yeah, absolutely. And and you know we'll probably touch on this in a minute, but for me, it kind of makes it probably even more important that Johnny Alson gets this extra year because Borough are running out of those kind of figures. Really, I mean. I don't know, were we talking about it? Or was I talking about it with someone else? I'm not sure, but but it feels like now that Dale and Johnny Alison are kind of the only real links to that 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 kind of almost pre-Warnock borough, do you know what I mean? Um, mm. and, and I think it is important to have those threads within the club and certainly those voices within the dressing room. And, you know, yes, there are leaders within the group still, but but you're right, Crooks was definitely one of those. Let, let's let's talk about Johnny House and then I was at the Riverside earlier this week um, because he was there as as part of a, of an event looking ahead to um, a couple of a couple of big games for Middlesbrough women. They play Barnsley on Sunday at Stockton. That's a two pm kickoff. Um, the tickets are available there on the gate. Borough top, Barnsley a third. Borough three points clear. Barnsley have two games in hand. That's a big game. And then they're back at the Riverside next month um, to play Doncaster. Um, that's in March. If you go on the club website, all the, the details are there. So we spoke to uh, to Ben Fisher, a couple of the Borough women players, and also spoke to Johnny House, and who was there. And he was inevitably asked about his contract situation, which which runs at the end of the year. When I asked about it, he joked that could we not just copy and paste what he said when I've asked him this question in the last two years? Um, <laughs> but what he made clear, and it, it was the first time, and, and you know, House and his thirty six in May. He has absolutely no intentions of retiring. He wants a new contract at Borough. If he didn't get one, then he'd want to go on and play elsewhere. He did go on to talk about, and 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 this story will, will come out, or the interview will come out in the next couple of weeks. He's he's doing his coaching badges, um, so he does have an eye on coaching when he hangs up his boots. But that certainly won't be next season. He he wants to play on. Um, again, copy and paste what we've said the last couple of seasons. Feels like a no-brainer, I think. To 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 now clearly, Housen can't be as as important on the pitch as he has been for the last five or six years. I think there has to be a realization that at some stage, there's 
you know, succession planning and, and, and someone comes in and he might not be able to play quite as much football as he has been. But he but he's still he's still hugely important, isn't he? Um and it feels like first things first, before you even get to what he's adding with his leadership and experience and all that, feels like purely, purely on the on the case of what he offers on the pitch, he deserves an extension. Well, his performance levels have not dipped this season, did they? You know, in each of the last two or three seasons, it's always been, is this a season when it becomes clear that actually Johnny Housen can't really cut it week in, week out in the Championship anymore? Well, we're certainly not there yet. He absolutely can cut it week out, week in, week in, week out in the Championship. He's, you know, he's, um, he's been really important for Borough in terms of that central midfield um, I mean, even to the point where, and we'll, we'll get to the, the possible team lineup um, for the weekend soon. But you know, at the minute, Michael Carrick's been shuffling Hayden Hackney's position around because he doesn't want to go with Hackney and Barlasser as his two kind of central midfielders if it means having to leave out Johnny Housen. So, you know, Housen is still a really important player. We know how important he is off the pitch. I mean, when you talk about cut and pace, we we asked Michael Carrick about Johnny Housen, obviously on the back of those comments, and, and it was very much a, a cut and paste job from from Carrick, both in terms of just how important Housen is to everything that goes on at Borough on and off the pitch, um, and also saying, look, you know, we are talking about this. Their talks are ongoing. Me and Johnny have a really good relationship. You know, we know how and when it will get resolved, and and kind of hinting at the fact that, you know, this will get resolved at the back end of the season, as has been the case with House in the last year, couple of years. The one thing I thought was interesting with Carrick is did kind of ask him, look, you know, in, in years gone by, the captain of a football club was seen as the kind of go-between, wasn't he? The conduit between the manager and the players. Um, and, I, and I just kind of asked him, you know, is that an old-fashioned way of looking at it now? Does that still happen? And he was very much, no, no, that is one of the big things that Johnny Housen is for me. He is my link to the players. I'll have him in my um, office. I'll, I'll ask him his ideas about things. I'll I'll use him as a sounding board for things, and then he'll then pass that on to the dressing room and be the go-between. And and I, you know, I don't think you can undervalue the importance of that um, that kind of relationship. And and I just thought it was interesting that even in this day and age, Carrick still obviously really values Housen's input and role in that. And and Housen's a brilliant interviewer. He's he, he's thoughtful, isn't he? He thinks yeah. about every. I mean, we were stood with him for for twenty twenty five minutes the other day, and, and you're kind of sometimes conscious of the fact that you know we've we've this is going on and on. We 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 might need to pull the plug here, but you got the impression he'd have happily kept talking. Um, yeah, Matt Crooks and back to Crooks. Crooks was another one, wasn't he? Who um, it it was always kind of heartfelt. Um, yeah. What Housen talked in that Housen talked about his relationship with Carrick and how Carrick will give him a lot of his time and how he'll spend afternoons sat kind of picking his brains, talking about how he approached things when he was coming to the end of his career. You suspect Carrick is is has been the ideal coach for Housen at this stage of his career, really, yeah. with what with what Carrick I, went through as a player and achieved as a player. And and you know what. We don't want to usher Johnny Housen into retirement, but it's interesting you say about the coaching badges because of all the players in the Borough squad who you would imagine would potentially go on to become a manager if they want to be, I'd have Housen right at the top of the list because of the way that he thinks about the game, um, the way that he can clearly be a leader, have relationships both above and below, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I, I, I think Johnny Housen 
will have a, a career in football when he does eventually retire if he wants one unquestionably and 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 on the pitch we before we started here we were just having a quick chinwag about what our probable lineup that will no doubt be wrong is is going to be um although i think you nailed it didn't you for the sunderland game i did yes i did we were right for sunderland it feels it feels a lot more tricky today for a number of reasons that we'll probably well, i think i think it's probably telling point. it's probably telling the issue we had beforehand was Will it be Housen and Barlasa and, and Hackney in one of those forward roles again? Or will McGree come back in? Will Azaz keep his place? And will it be Housen and Hackney? Now, it might be Hackney and Barlasa in the midfield tomorrow. But yeah. it always feels more likely that it's going to be Housen and Hackney's clearly going to be in the team if he's fit. But whether he's in the midfield or, or in one of those more advanced roles, Housen is still one of the first names on the team sheet, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you keep on... I mean, I guess the thing is, at the minute, we're not in a... There is a midweek game next week, but we're not in a period where it's every midweek. So, really, the last year, two years, that's the big, only, been the only question mark with Johnny Houghton, really. How many games can he play? Three games a week is probably a stretch. So, when there's been a midweek game involved, Houghton almost... And, and I'd be very surprised if Houghton played tomorrow, Wednesday, the following Saturday... So I think he will come out at some point. Um, but it, but that's only management in terms of workload. That's not any kind of a slight on what he's given the team and how important he is. Because, I, yeah, you know, I, I do think he remains as important as ever to Borough. The question, it feels like there's plenty of question marks for, for the team tomorrow. The, the ones that yeah. kind of come to mind, you, you were at the press yesterday. What what was your feeling on this? So will it will it be Glover or is Dieng yeah. ready to come back in? Will, will McGree... Is McGree likely to go straight back yeah. in? Is is Greenwood likely to keep his place up front? Given Coburn, you, you know, we talk about Coburn and the fact that Carrick admitted that he had this small procedure and he's still having to be managed. What What's your feeling on those three? Yeah, positions? I think the goalkeeper is a really hard one to call because, um, you know, we've 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 spoken at length on previous videos about Carrick can be fairly non-committal when it comes to injuries. He was very non-committal on on exactly where Dieng is at. Um, you know, it, it it becomes a little bit more awkward. Probably not the word, but part is part of the reason Carrick was being a little bit more circumspect on that because Glover's obviously made that error against Sunderland. Yeah, you know, it, it feels like an easier change for him to make now, but he clearly won't want to portray it as. I'm changing it because Glover's dropped a clanger against Sunderland. So um we've got the to come, come back in anyway, wouldn't he? He would have done, yeah. And I, I reading between the lines, I think there's a good chance it could be Dieng tomorrow, but I wouldn't want to absolutely hang my hat on that. So, you know, that that feels like an up and down. But you're right. I think if Dieng is 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 fit, then he'll play. The back four, you would imagine, will be the back four. I guess at some stage, with it being a three-game week, we might see Mike Clark come back in. Can Luke Ayling play three games in a week? Potentially not. So maybe the, for one of the games, Vandenberg will go off the right back. back maybe, although I thought yeah, and, and Thomas is an option week. there, isn't he? But the main, I think the main things tomorrow are, right, you know, where does Hayden Hackney play? Is he going to be at one of the two, in which case does Barlasa drop out or does Barlasa stay in and Hackney play further forward? If Hackney plays further forward, then you probably can't play Azaz and McGree. McGree is fully fit. Carrick was really at pains to say that. He's back. He's, he's raring to go. He's absolutely fully fit. 
I think a fully fit Riley McGree gets into this Borough team. So I think McGree plays. So I think if it's if 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 he's going to go with House and Hatley and Barlasser, then I think Azaz is probably the one who drops out. And I suspect it'll be Greenwood ahead of Coburn simply because Carrick was again saying we're having to manage Josh very much on a day-to-day basis. Some days he feels great. Some days he's definitely not so good. Um, it doesn't feel like at the minute Corburn is likely to to start. Um, Latter last not ready. Isaiah Jones isn't ready. So I suspect we're probably looking at Greenwood through the middle again. With, with Corburn, is is there any indication that that situation might change between now and the end of the season, or does it feel as though he, this this is it set really until the summer? Yeah, I mean, I kind of said, look, is part of the reason you're trying to manage this because you're trying to avoid an operation that would otherwise be inevitable, and 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 Carrick kind of said, no, that's not really where we're at here. You know, it's it's not necessarily surgery. It's just that the the, um, the procedure that he's had and the recovery from it is having to be very carefully managed, presumably to avoid against a really bad recurrence. And then you probably would need a, a, a you know, a, a more invasive bout of surgery. So um, it feels like at the minute, it's this is where we're at with it. And fingers crossed, it'll start to get better. But that doesn't feel like it's a guarantee. And, and obviously, you know, this has been going on quite a while now, hasn't it? I think two starts in all competitions since early November. I mean, you know, that's... Um, that's an awful lot of football that he's missed. Um, you know, you would hope that in this three-game week, Coburn could start one of those three matches, but I don't think that's nailed on. And and, and at risk of pointing out the absolute blatantly obvious here, um, Borough need to start winning. It feels yeah. like if they're gonna if they're gonna get in the top six, I think there's plenty of positives that Carrick can take from recent performances. But but as he was at pains to point out after the Sunderland game that. They need to start coming away from games that they're thinking they should have won, having won. And and this week looks not make or break, but if but if Borough are going to start making a run for things, it feels like this this week and three games. Now clearly one of those is at Leicester, um, yeah, which is the ultimate ultimate test. But these two games before then, Bristol City, Preston, four points minimum. I think the fact they're being followed by Leicester away, yes, you probably feel that. Now, that's not to say that Borough can't go to Leicester and get something, but it is the hardest game in the championship season, full stop. You know, there's no no doubt about that. Leicester are going to run away with the league. So, um, you'd want to be going into the back of that, I think, on, on, on with, with four points from these two games. I mean... It's the inconsistencies that have not necessarily it, the inability to string together wins, isn't it? That, that has put Borough where they are, and and is the real reason why they're not in the top six or you know a, a reasonable chunk closer to it. Um, I'd have to double check the stats, but I think I'm right in saying that um, again since November, I think we've only had back to back league wins once. Um, which which isn't really good enough, is it? And it's not it's not going to allow you to make that leap that Borough have to make. And, and you know, I think, again, we talked about this on the previous vid, but se- I think 17 games left now. Well, it feels like at some stage within those 17 games, Borough are probably going to have to four wins in a row or yeah. 10 points from 12 or that kind of a run. And obviously, the later you leave that, the more pressure that, that piles up and the harder it then becomes to, to do that. So, um yeah, I, I think between now and Easter, Borough are going to have to, at some stage, 
win three in a row or take nine from 12 or, or that kind of a run. And, and like you say, the fact that if you're going to do that in the next four, that Leicester game is bang in the middle of it, does put a bit more pressure, certainly on the Bristol City and Plymouth home games. They feel like Borough can't afford to drop points in those matches. Um, and what's your feel for Saturday? Um, I think Borough will win. I mean, and Bristol City obviously had that cup game in midweek, didn't they? Which, um, you know, they, they pushed obviously a Premier League side all the way, but they did eventually go out. But, but their league form in the last two months is pretty poor. Um, the change of manager from Pearson to Manning kind of worked for a while, but but hasn't really worked. Um, it feels like a big chance for Borough. I think with players coming back, I'd like to see McGree back in the side because I think Borough always or generally look a better side when a firing Riley McGree's in it. Um, Greenwood up front worries me slightly because I thought that Wiley was enthusiastic and did some good things up against Sunderland. He, he, the only chance, well, he never looked like scoring apart from the one obvious opportunity when he went clean through early on, when I still didn't really think he looked like scoring either. So um, that would be my worry. Um, but I think Borough will have enough to win the game. I'm going to go with my favourite cheeky couple of quid before. I'm going to go 3-1 Borough. Big 3-1. Big 3-1. You've had, you've had a bit of luck with that this season. I have had a bit of luck with that, right across all three northeast teams, to be fair, yeah. For those yeah. who haven't seen previous vids, it's my um every game that I cover, I have I have a couple of quid on three one to either team. Whoever whoever's playing, whichever northeast team, whoever they're playing, and yet yeah, it's been a fair few three ones this season. And what I'm that means or are you? And what that means is every time I cover a game and it ends 3-1 and I haven't had a couple of quid on it, I'm left, <laughs> yeah. I'm left kicking myself. Yeah. Um I, I fancy Borough tomorrow. I, I fancy Borough. Um, that Leicester game clearly looks a big ask. I, 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 it's huge. huge I, 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 as things stand at the minute, it's difficult to see Borough getting anything at Leicester. But but I fancy Borough in the next two games. Preston are a funny team, aren't they? But yeah. they, they were as they were they were as poor a team as I've seen at the Riverside so far this season. I, I fancy Borough to go there and get something. And, and I do think I do think when you look at that the the front four there, even with um, clearly Crook's going and Rogers gone and Jones out and Latte Alath out and, and Coburn um, not fully fit the, it's still looking that there's still options there now yeah. isn't it have Force back and playing well to have McGree back to Azaz you know we haven't seen the best of Azaz yet but Plymouth did in the first half of the season and, and if Burrick can get if and when they're getting playing like that he's clearly going to be a key asset Um we we, it's, we're just sorry, last one on those games. We always say in the championship, don't we, that it's really, really rare to come up against teams who really probably don't have an awful lot to play for. And I know we're so early in the season that you can't really say that about teams. But if you look at four of the next five games, Bristol City, Preston, Plymouth, Stoke, for me, they're four of the few teams in the championship who already aren't going to go up and aren't going to go down. And it's funny that because so Bristol City are only three points behind Borough in the table, and Preston are above Borough in the table yeah, by, I a know. Point, by a point. But, but it feels feel I mean, like they're bigger in it, does it? Well, Preston had that brilliant start, didn't they? Um, but it's been, I mean, there's been this well from the outside looking in, it, it, it's felt like there's been um 
complaints from the fans about Ryan Lloyd, you know, yeah. how, how popular he is there. And, and the form has been extremely, well, actually, it hasn't been indifferent. It's been poor, hasn't it, for a long time. Yeah. I know they've, they've picked things up a, a bit recently. But, uh, yeah, I, I fancy Borough. I fancy Borough to win at Preston. And I, and I think I fancy... I think I fancy Borough to win on Saturday, but then it just feels like six points. That 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 is what we ha- that's what Borough haven't been haven't capable. Yeah, that's exactly. what Borough haven't been capable of doing. But then at some point they are gonna they are gonna have to do it. Um, I think Borough win two 0 on Saturday. Um, which really I should have a couple of quid on it now, shouldn't I? Given that you're gonna have a couple of quid on the on the three one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you should. Um, I'll also have a couple of quid on three-one Bristol City mine, which bigger uh, <laughs> Bristol, Bristol City, Mallory Martin, the one-nil there. That uh, yeah. springs to mind. That's the game and the goal, isn't it? That immediately, immediately springs to mind. Yeah. Um, and Albert Adoma. Whenever you think, did it was Albert Adoma? Didn't Albert Adoma? Did Albert Adoma score in a one-nil Bristol City win at the Riverside when he was at? Bristol City. At Bristol that's, City. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, that, but Borough actually have a fairly checkered record against Bristol City, don't they? Do they? Do they? Yeah. I'm saying, yeah, let's, I, I should check now, but I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain that's right. Last, last season, they came, they, they came from behind, didn't they? They were too really poor in the first half, came from behind and, and drew to all at the time when they were just, this just is, uh, this, this is where a, a, a team of professionals would have this straight to hand. <laughs> We're messing about, and now I'm going to say, actually, I wasn't right. Right, so, yeah, so obviously, earlier this season, Borough lost at Bristol City. Last season, two draws. The season before that, Bristol City won down there. Borough won up here. The season before that, Bristol City won 3-1 at the Riverside. The season before that, Bristol City won 3-1 at the Riverside. The season before that, Bristol City won 1-0 oh, at the Riverside. Fire. This is, it's, it's not a checking record. It's a dreadful record. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot poorer than you think. Um. Is it too late to change my prediction for the? For the <laughs> um, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Um, if uh, if you don't subscribe to the Northern Echo, where you'll get full access to all our all our borough coverage, there's a special offer there on at the minute, which is a fiver for five months, uh, and with that you'll get full access to everything we write uh, about borough. Um, as I said at the start, do subscribe to the YouTube channel if you don't already, uh, and rate and review if you listen to us on a podcast channel. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for watching. Scott's there this weekend, so there'll be full coverage over the course of the weekend and analysis afterwards. And we'll be back next week looking back on hopefully a borough, a rare borough win over Bristol City. <laughs> so do you are, my borough. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a good weekend.